actually did you guys get to work on the Packers? Um, we were already in here, so you know we were doing it that day. We had mixed in a little bit earlier in the week, you know, hitting up a couple of teams, but um, started really focusing on them halfway through the second quarter. I don't, I don't recommend taking the ball over the running back's head. You just stopped running. I was like, what is Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast as usual. I'm your host, that's the Diddy NFL on the Twitter box. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers and... It's quick stop! Oh, the quick stop posh for your big percussion. It's your quick stop posh for your big percussion. It's your big package for your big... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Shh, stop. Oh, you're doing it again, you're Dirty devils, yes. So it's quick snaps, and um, what do I mean by quick snaps? And what was that intro? You're welcome. So, look, the sound bites galore. It's amazing. It's amazing because it's not sound bites of Skip Bayless and everyone moaning and giving out. Being a Packers fan is quite a, a sexy place to be at the minute. It's great, and the fan base is energized. I'm hearing from more people. I'm hearing from old friends. So it's great. Absolutely great. If you want to get in contact with me, uh, hit me up at NFL. Would you believe? It's in the intro every week. Twice. and uh, Or at UK Packers. Smack the DMs. Slide into our DMs. But look, I'm very excited. I'm rubbing my head. I'm so excited. And that's probably really annoying on the microphone. But um, this is a cracker of a game. Cracker of a game. And the, just, the, just the media attention we're getting, lads and ladies. There's a couple of them. I tweeted them out from the group account. I X'd them out from the group account. And it's all Peter Schrager. He's giving it a bit of the business. And good morning football has Darnell Sauvage for your big bacage on as well. He's talking about it. There's PFF. Every second tweet is about the Packers and just how great they are. Guess who the uh, highest graded quarterback in wildcard weekend was? I'll give you a clue. His name's Jordan Love. That's right. It's Jordan Love. He was 92.5. Matt Stafford, 88.5. Uh, so that was great. And then we move on to we move on to more PFF grades. Jordan Love, 92.5. And we had the top ranked, I have to be careful how you say it, it's late, quarterback, running back, wide receiver in Romeo Dobbs, and offensive tackle in Zach Tom. Zach Tom, take a bow, son. 84, he came in with his grade. Uh, then we have more from PFF. Do you want to hear more? Of course you do. Uh, who's the highest... Uh, who has the highest passer rating when targeted in wildcard weekend? Oh, you're goddamn right. It's Romeo Dobbs. It's also Nico Collins for the Texans, but this isn't the Texans podcast most of the time. Uh, so Romeo Dobbs. So it's just stars, wall to wall. And it goes to show how young this team is, is because Peter Schrager um, was on Good Morning Football and he introduces people to, you know, uh, Jane Reed and Dontavian Wicks and Romeo Dobbs and... Uh, Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave and Bo Melton and I'm just going through the names uh, so he starts talking about them and sort of it's a four minute video of him trying to explain who these people are they're so young that no one knows who these people are amazing and there was another article on the Theathletic uh, from Matt Knight where he talks about Gudekun's sort of you know he deserves his flowers after doing what he did and it's just great it's just all wonderful stuff there's so many receipts out there 
of people saying Gudekunst is this, that and the other. But it's just great seeing him. Now, again, it, the article's great, right? It goes into that he's not perfect and he's been hit and miss in places and all that kind of jazz. Uh, but come here to me, you. Um, two things I want to say. First off, patreon.com forward slash UK Packers. If you love what Jordan Love is doing, uh, I'm gathering up people's money and I'm giving it all back to you by getting uh, paying for someone to go over to Lambo all expenses paid. So come our August trip. The more patrons you have, the better the prizes get. And if we get loads more patrons, well, then I'll send you and your missus or your fellow over um, to to watch the game or whatever. Look, I'm going to try. The more patrons I get, the more I'm going to give back by sending more people over. Look, I draw 10 people out of the hat every single month to get a golden ticket because the big one is happening in August. So if you're a Patreon member, for February well then you get into the February draw in March you get into the March draw and there are people who have multiple golden tickets at this stage and you could be one of those people and as well as that if you get onto the tenor tier uh, you're also in with to win all of that signed March every single month as well it's and the, the prizes are unbelievable in fact we just spoke about Romeo Dobbs a whole lot uh, the highest passer rating when targeted the highest graded wide receiver by PFF in January's Raz draw for the Patreon draw it was a signed Romeo Dobbs football second prize was a signed Jerry Kramer pick so I mean the prizes are sensational I also have a I think there's about 14 or more names of Lombardi Packers on another uh, pick to give away and I just stay tuned actually to the TikToks uh, YouTube shorts things like that because I'm going to be really uh, Instagram of course I'm going to be releasing quick shorts of like some of the merch that's coming up so look you've nothing to lose and you're not paying in and we're giving you you know some sort of like oh well we give you a shout out no screw that we're going to give you signed merch and we're going to give you an all expenses paid trip to Lambeau Field if you're the lucky winner that gets drawn out so get in the draw and get your golden ticket don't sit on the fence whatever you do um, but look, the second thing I wanted to mention was, is how many times have we said it, that Aaron Rodgers is great. I'm not dumping on Aaron Rodgers, he's a Hall of Famer. But it was just something really interesting because, you know, they talk about momentum. You bring momentum into a season and they talk about, oh, the Lions were really good at the end of last year and they come in this year and they're still red hot. You know, and they brought that momentum in. And you talk to players and coaches about this stuff and they say momentum doesn't span your summer holidays and then you come back in it's it's an accumulation of all of this stuff being built up but something that was always said about the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers and especially when we saw Mike McCarthy leave was that Aaron Rodgers and we saw Mercedes Lewis say it um, that you know he'd roll his eyes when McCarthy would call in a plane he'd just change it and audible out at the line of scrimmage so we're always kind of thinking in the media and in Packers fandom is that true is, is that the case where he changes everything and and then we were sort of saying, yes, it's a super pair of what he does, but also it's very hard to have continuity there, to run the offense, he'll audible out. Now, he's doing it for a good reason. He sees the play, he doesn't think it's going to work, and he looks at the coverage and he changes. And it's resulted in an awful lot of broken plays and great plays. But it also brought up that question of, how can you base an offense around audibles? You can't. And if that person that you take out of that role, Aaron Rodgers or whoever... Uh, Tom Brady once you take him out of that system the system no longer works because the coaches A don't have their Hall of Fame quarterback but B have no continuity they don't know what worked but that was always sort of theoretical right but then Nick Bosa said this what Kyle talks about is is the whole team has improved throughout the entire season they've gotten a lot of guys healthy and and they have a lot of the same guys from the past really good teams they've had and um, a quarterback who does exactly what he's coached to do, which 
Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer and unbelievable, but he kind of went outside of the realm of, of coaching. And and uh, sometimes it's it's good when you have a guy who, who does what he's coached to do. So I, I heard that right, and I was thinking, oh, he's, he's throwing shade at Jordan Love there, saying, oh, he just, he just does whatever he's coached, he doesn't think for himself kind of thing. That's kind of what I was looking at at the beginning, right? And then he's talked about Aaron Rodgers, and, you know, he, it's good to have a guy like that. And I was sort of thinking, is that from his perspective? That, that From a defensive player's perspective, it's good to have a guy who does as he's coached. Does that mean you can key on any tendencies, or is going outside the realm of coaching, meaning the higher realm for Aaron Rodgers, he just transcends coaching and you know all of this type of stuff and I didn't I didn't know whether to take it as a slight or whatever but then Adam Stenovich said this because half the time you know when you get done with a drive past years you just be trying to figure out what play was called you know what I mean um so now we know what, what was supposed to happen um but with Aaron, you know, he would see stuff and make checks and all that that you didn't know exactly what was happening at the time. But with this, yeah, they, we're all kind of on the same page and, and going. And not to say that way wasn't good because we had great results with it, but this is nice because at least you can kind of build an offense around it, build plays off plays, you know, as the game progresses. Hey, we did this, now we're going to do this, now we're going to do this. So I think our communication on the sideline has been better just from that aspect of being able to, you know, as the game progresses, have plays off of plays and things like that. So, uh, yeah, that's, that is a huge advantage this year. Now, I might be being a silly Billy, right? But I find that really interesting because, you know, the stuff that we thought about how difficult that would be to deal with that type of stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yes, he audibles out, calls something. But I'm going to release a video. I promise it's coming, right? And it's all about personnel and what they do for personnel. But not to give you a spoiler alert, but they will have quality coaches who will be sitting up in the boxes and they'll be sketching out what personnel are on the field, what their tendencies are, what play was called, how what's its success rate, what were the players doing. And they'll feed all of that information to the coaches in real time. When you have... Uh, 22 personnel and you have a play call that goes in they write down the play call that might not be the play that gets run by an experienced quarterback not picking on Aaron Rodgers and then when you try to key in on tendencies and change your game plan that can be very hard to do because you simply don't know what play went in and how it worked and you know not unless you're very savvy and you, you kind of know what Aaron Rodgers audibled in and out of because you're supposed to have you know, two or three options to go to a play. But if it's an Aaron Rodgers special or a Tom Brady special, you know, you simply don't know where you are in the game. You can't progress through. And and it's just really interesting to hear it actually come from the horse's mouth. But anyway, look, it's meant to be quick snapage for your Masov Kabaj. Uh, so <laughs> we haven't even talked about the game properly yet. There's a brilliant article on The Athletic and it breaks down exactly... Um, what this game is going to be all about. One of the interesting things that comes out of it was is that uh, Devontae Wyatt for the Packers turned around and said, oh, you know, when Brock Purdy, the Niners quarterback, if you're not aware, uh, he makes all these errors when he's under pressure, you know, and that's what we're going to try to do is flush him out. And then, it, you know, you read all these articles then and it says that actually Brock Purdy's the number one quarterback in the NFL when he's under duress. So I don't know where he's getting it from. Um, I don't think he's trying to play mind games. Maybe they do see something on tape, uh, but you'd want to be damn sure that the best quarterback under pressure 
when you come out and say that that's his tendency and he makes mistakes, zero evidence. <laughs> you know what I mean? Zero evidence. It's like when people say, and I've probably just done it now, oh, do you know what people always do wrong in exams? You're like, oh, why did you ask them? Were you there? Did you grade the exams? No, you just think that's what they did. It's anecdotal. Anyway, so look, this is really a battle of the number one versus the number twos. And I'm not talking about pee and poo here. I'm talking about the Niners are number one and the Packers are number two in an awful lot of these categories. And in fact, the Niners are the one, unfortunately, who take that number one spot. So they're number one in expected points per play. The Packers are number two. But an awful lot of these stats are sort of judged from when these teams started to come into their own, which is from week nine onwards. As a reminder, the UK Packers went over on their tour with our first all-expenses-paid trip goer in week eight, and we got spanked by the Vikings. But look, both offences, obviously the talking points are, they're very similar. There's bad blood between Shanahan and LaFleur at times. It was that whole Rodgers trade and... It was after that game where LaFleur beat Shanahan and there was that frosty sort of fist bump, you know, chest bump, handshake thing at the end of the game. But Shanahan has one up on the Packers, obviously, because over the years he's beaten the Packers. Um, he's the number one seed. They're at home. It's a hard place to go. Uh, but an awful lot of the stuff that the offenses do, obviously, are very similar. And that's because LaFleur is seen as this Shanahan protege, right? Um, but look, Brock Purdy has a perfect passer rating of play action, for instance, and we all know, as we speak about all the time, is that Matt LaFleur's offense is based off the run. It's run first, play action, you get the defense to bite, and then that's when you get your big plays. So Brock Purdy has perfected that, literally has got a perfect passer rating, whereas Jordan Love is number two in the NFL from week nine on that. And how do you get that to fly, and how do you get that to work? Well, you have to have a good running back, and we've Aaron Jones, of course, and they have Christian McCaffrey, um, but the Niners, one of the weak spots for the Niners, and there aren't many, is when it comes to the EPA versus the run. However, they do have Eric Armstead coming back um, into the lineup, so he will help shore it up. But one of Green Bay's strengths in this game is obviously the run game because they might be able to exploit it because Aaron Jones just has an uncanny way of finding space, being patient and being an expert at it. And then also... Um, you know, the O-line for the Packers has been fantastic. They've, you know, nearly led the league in holding on to the uh, players, uh, pass blocking, uh, allowing Jordan Love to do his stuff and play his trade. Um, but look, both quarterbacks are excellent under pressure. Anyway, when you look at Love for Dallas, he was 5-7 on 152 yards and two touchdowns per the Athletic uh, versus Dallas, which is unbelievable. And I can't remember the guy's name who did it now, but there was a guy on that Athletic card. If you get a chance, go read it. Um, and he talks about, like, you know, where does that game stack with the quarterbacks for the Packers under pressure? Well, Jordan Love's number one uh, with how he performed. And the next one to him is Lynn Dickey at number two. And it's something that Favre and Rodgers couldn't do. But all of these articles that compare Jordan Love with Aaron Rodgers and, look, he's broke this record that Aaron didn't do, blah, blah, blah. Um, that's all well and good. But we have to remember that Aaron Rodgers is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Brett Favre got in after, what, four seconds? And the stuff that they did over a sustained period in Green Bay is what's important there. So Jordan Love is very exciting and we're all behind him. And it's brilliant. But again, we have to give respect to the old dogs um, because they absolutely plied their trade. And the best thing about this whole thing, really, and I mentioned it earlier, was that this Packers team wasn't around to get spanked um, by the Niners. So they don't really have that knowledge, those scars. And it was mentioned on a couple of sports programs this week about just how beautiful that is to have players that are that naive. Um, you know, they're coming into this game. They're not hogtied by 
past mistakes, past errors, not knowing enough. Sometimes being blissfully ignorant at that young age is fantastic. Um, in quarterback efficiency, Brock Purdy, guess what? Number one, Jordan Love, number two since week nine. Uh, but look, the Packers' weakness by far is the defense. And they ranked 27th in DVOA against uh, running backs who catch and Christian McCaffrey is the best in the game. So that's where if we are going to get, well, we can get beaten every which way. I mean, Brock Purdy is extremely efficient in the system and Christian McCaffrey is just a wrecking ball. I mean, anybody who went up against him or had him in fantasy know exactly what the deal is. But the article does a really good job of breaking down the defensive analysis. And looking at, okay, it looks like it's improved, right? So you look at it and there was even comments flying around the interweb uh, saying, like, you know, shame on the people that were talking about Joe Barry. Look how good he is. But in fact, all the analysis points to the fact that the defense, if they are better at all, are marginally better. And that's just down to the fact that the Packers are really, really efficient um, of keeping their offense on the field, uh, zapping up loads of time, uh, eking it out and then coming away with the score so obviously in this game you want to do some more of that right you want to keep McCaffrey on the sidelines Brock Purdy on the sidelines punish their defence and keep them out there keep being efficient play with reckless abandon because the Packers best form of defence like it was in prior years is their offence and that's the same now now look I was squeamish about calling for a man's job and yes shame on people who were like oh you know and pointing and saying some horrendous stuff about Joe Barry but the fact remains that the defense has really struggled this season it is the weak point of the Packers team and we even said that look as good as Jordan Love has been he's done it in spite of the defensive performance so let's not get blinded by the fact that the defense appear to be playing better now I've said it I've said it the the small portion of defense that we've seen has been good I found But when you look behind it and look at the stats, the amount of snaps they're out there for and all of that kind of stuff wasn't great. CeeDee Lamb wasn't on the same page um, as Dak Prescott, but when he did get on the same page, it was devastating to watch. There was times where he was catching passes amongst five Packers defenders. So look, it's not great, but like I said, look, we have seen the Joe Barry defense in past years uh, having games where they play absolutely fantastic. And I don't feel, if this was the old Packers team, the Alan Lazards and MVSs and ESBs and Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers and all these dudes, if this was them coming up against the Niners, I would start to sort of go into a bit of a cold sweat because we see how it ends up all the time. Um, And we see that when Matt LaFleur brings his teams um, out west, this is exactly what happens. The same stuff happens that they're just not up for the game. But obviously this team is entirely different. They're young, they're energised and they're ready to go. Um, we've seen Darnell Sauvage on Good Morning talking about how the defence are going to try handle their business. There's a different air around it. There isn't an air of this might be our last chance. It's like this is only the beginning. And that is incredibly exciting to watch. But look, if you want to watch the Packers in person, get on to patreon.com forward slash UK Packers. I never promote it. I ne- like very rarely do I. And I always bang it in at the end of podcasts. But look, this is a stupendous prize and we have to be able to afford it, but it's a stupendous prize. I have to send, you know, put food on my own table as well, not be too in the hole. Um, but look, get on there. Don't delay. You can get yourself a golden ticket. You could be going over. The trip has worked well over two grand. I think it cost us 2,200 the last time. Um, so what have you got to lose? A tenner?
you know, you'd have to be in the draw for about 200 years to get to lose money. But anyway, there it is. It's been great to be here all season. I'm feeling refreshed and energised by this team, by the correspondence and the uptick and things. I know you are too. Let me know what you think. As I said, I love hearing from you. Slide into the DMs, hit the emails, uh, go to me personally at NFL. interact on the Instagrams. Let's get it going. Let's get on the pack train. Anyway, I've been at NFL. It's go pack go. Let's get the dub and we break it down after the game. See you.